Hey guys, it is the last day of the month. We're one month into 2021. We're leaving that 2020 behind us. Yeah. This is our Myth and Monsters episode. It's episode 12 of Myth and Monsters. Wow. Our, our one year anniversary of Myth and Monsters. Um, I'm glad you keep up with the numbers. I, 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 poorly, poorly I have do. to look it up every week. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I don't feel as bad then. This week, we're going to talk about vampires and the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. And I think last time Taylor started, so I'm going to start this time uh, talking about the Loch Ness Monster. That's what I chose. Which, fun fact, I was obsessed with the Loch Ness Monster in eighth grade, and my mom made a killer birthday cake uh, with the Loch Ness Monster on it. So it was amazing. I'm going to see if I can find a picture of that cake and post it on our website. That It's got to be in my baby book. <laughs> it should be. That's one of my better birthday cakes. Y'all, I am not <laughs> a baker. I'm a decent chef. I, I must yeah, say yeah. I, can, I can cook, but I cannot bake um, because... I am that type of personality that you don't really measure. Yeah. And with baking, you have to measure or it won't, won't turn out right. And so I have right. trouble. Yeah. But I will see if I can find a picture of that cake and post it. So the Loch Ness Monster, what is it? It is an animal that allegedly lives in Loch Ness, which is a large freshwater lake near Iverness, Iverness, Scotland, I think it's Iverness. Yeah. Um, the accounts of this aquatic beast date back 1500 years. That's a long time. And later I'll tell you about three sightings already in two, 2021. No way. Yes. Nice. Yes. Um, all efforts to find any credible evidence have failed, but there have been a whole lot of what could this be and can't be explained type of evidence. Um, so it's located in the Scottish Highlands, which I am very partial to. I've got Scottish heritage. So do you, cause you're my daughter. Um, and uh, it is the largest volume of fresh water in Great Britain. The body of water reaches about 800 feet and has a length of about 23 miles. So it's got these really steep banks that plunge into the depths and it's the largest string of locks along the great Glen. Nice. I, okay. I really want to go. I really, really want to go. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. I want to go to Ireland. I do too. I would I also love to see Scotland. Ireland. We are also Irish. We've got a very strong, more Irish than Scottish, I think, um, history in our family. And that's where a lot of the, you know, urban fantasy links magic to Ireland, which I think is a true thing. Well, and Scotland. And Scotland. So I would love to go over there. We got to get rid of this pandemic first, y'all. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, the history the, it was first documented by the Picts, which it's hard to, P-I-C-T-S. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, in that, that lived in that area in 500 AD. They made carvings of all kinds of, of the creatures and wildlife. And yeah. they carved a picture of this thing. All of the animals depicted in their Pictish stones were lifelike and easily recognizable except for this one. 
It was a strange beast with an elongated beak or muzzle, a spout and flippers instead of feet. Interesting. And they carved these into stone, just like they did the other pictures of the, you know, documenting all the, all the wildlife around. And then they had this. So it's very odd that this is the only one, if it's fictitious, it would be very odd because they didn't do other fictitious. Right. You know, they, this was documented wildlife and what they saw. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first sighting. And then in the seventh century AD, there was, well, actually it was 565 AD. This Irish missionary, St. Columba, he is the one who introduced Christianity to Scotland and on his way to visit the kingdom of the Northern Picts to try to convert them to Christianity. He was near Iverness when he stopped at Loch Ness and he confronted a beast that had been killing people at the lake. Okay. This is in his uh, biography. That is, I guess, a document that has been kept by the church. So seeing a large beast attack another man, he intervened invoking the name of God and commanded the creature to go back with all speed. And it went back into the depths of the lake and saved the little dude that it was attacking. The little dude. The most famous sighting was May 2nd of 1933. This is what really started the ruckus with Loch Ness. Sounds vaguely familiar. I researched the hell out of this when I was like 12. Yeah, you were a big Loch Ness fan for sure. (laughs) So there was a new road that had just been completed along Loch Ness's shore, which allowed drivers to get a clearer view of the loch. And on May 2nd, 1933, this... uh, local couple claimed to have seen an enormous animal rolling and plunging on the surface. So the Loch Ness monster became this media phenomenon. London newspapers sent correspondents out to Scotland, um, offering a 20,000 pound reward for the capture of this beast. Wow. Yeah. Which back then I imagine 20,000 pounds was a lot of money. Yeah. Still a lot of money. Still, yeah. <laughs> um, so after that 1933 sighting, interest steadily grew, especially after another couple claimed to have seen the beast on land crossing a road. So this big game hunter, Marmaduke Weatherall or Weatherell, was hired to capture the beast. So after a few days of searching the lock, he reported finding footprints of a large four-legged animal. And they sent the plaster casts of this, uh, these footprints to the British National History Museum, but it was determined that they were a large hippo. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because like footprints from the Loch Ness, you know, they're supposed to have the fins. fins. Yeah. yeah, there's not supposed to be feet. So it was right. supposedly it turned out to be a hippo. But there have been a ton of expeditions to try to find Nessie, uh, but none have come up with definitive. Is your cat like? Yep. Right in front of your computer. Okay. He just bit me. He's being very sassy. Oh, wow. (laughs) Not hard. He's just being a punk. (laughs) He's like, this is my mother and you're not paying attention to me. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, So according to a Loch Ness website in Scotland, it's actually visitscotland.com. There have been over a thousand eyewitness accounts and a lot of un- unexplained evidence leaving scientists baffled. Another site says there's been over 4,000 accounts. Wow. Eyewitness accounts. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the description, she's supposedly long and thin, usually green with black humps, a tail and a snake-like head. And she's shy. And she's shy. (laughs) (laughs) When emerging from the water, you can see her body break through the waves. And you'll know that you've seen her when you spot perfect circles of disturbed water that she leaves behind as she swiftly disappears into the depths of the lock. So she goes Mm. under and you've got those rings. Yeah, the waves or whatever, the ripples, I guess. So the sightings in 1975, uh, Boston's Academy of Applied Science combined sonar and underwater photography in an expedition to Loch Ness to try to see what's there. One of the photos that resulted after enhancement showed the image of a giant flipper. And I remember this because I was 10 years old. I'm born in 64. So 75, I was 11 years old. Wow. And I remember this picture circulating. I remember how, what a big deal it was. They saw this giant flipper of this creature. Yeah. And then there's been further sonar expeditions in the eighties and nineties that have resulted in other evidence that's not conclusive, but very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Many of the eyewitnesses were sober, level-headed people, lawyers, priests, scientists, school teachers, policemen, fishermen, even a Nobel Prize winner. So it's kind of hard to discredit it as being... Oh, like they're just making it up for attention kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tim Dinsdale, who first, on his first visit to the lock in 1960, took an intriguing film of something moving across the lock and promptly gave up his career as an aeronautical engineer to devote his life to pursuing the monster. Wow. I know. He must have really believed it if he was going to give everything up. That's crazy. That is crazy. Like legitimately. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like actually. <laughs> In 1987, an expedition called Operation Deep Scan used a flotilla of 20 sonar equipped boats to sweep. And I stapled in the middle of my word the lock with a curtain of sound it yielded three underwater targets that could not be explained interesting okay during the 1997 expedition i was alive i was alive here yeah nova did a loch ness film nova i don't know exactly what nova stands for Mm. but this guy named rhines and his longtime colleague Charles Wyckoff detected another puzzling underwater target. Um, According to the expedition sonar expert, marine biologist Arnie Carr, it was a moving target. So it wasn't like it was just rocks or something that they were picking up. It appeared to be biological in nature and was about 15 feet long, the the size of a small whale. There is a guy named Gary Campbell, who is a keeper of the registrar of Nessie sightings. Oh. Yeah, it's an actual thing. And he (laughs) receives an average of 10 reports a year of something unexplained being spotted in the locks waters. That is so interesting because that would imply that there are multiple of them and, you know, they're, they've existed for, you know, all the way, like you said, back 1500 years. Yeah. Yeah. There have been three sightings in 2021 already, and we're January 27th. Yes. Yeah. One was January 11th by an American named Kayla, Kay, yeah, Kaylin Wangle. 
Okay. She, she noticed a V-shaped wake followed by something black surfacing on the water for a second before it disappeared back under. She actually reported it to that Gary Campbell guy who was the registrar and he determined that it was legitimate enough to put in the books. I mean, I feel like that could be a fish though. I, I don't know. Hmm. The second sighting this year, and he actually did the next two sightings, was Eowyn, oh, I'm going to butcher his name, Ophodigan. Okay. And he is a uh, Nessie expert. He's been searching for her forever. Yeah. And he saw an unexplained figure lurking in the lock on January 19th, and he watched it for 20 minutes as it disturbed the waters. And then he saw it again on January 22nd and he actually recorded it, which supposedly shows something. I haven't gone to look at the recording. Yeah. Yeah. In 2020, there were 13 confirmed sightings of Nessie. That's, that is just so interesting. Mm -hmm. Including one that was on sonar. Right. Right. In 2020. Yeah. Like last year, like recent, like this is recent and also this month. So that's, that's insane. It is crazy. Um, theories. It is speculated that Nessie is uh, a survivor of the long extinct Plesiosaurus. Yeah. Plesiosaurs. Plus, yeah. Yeah. Plesiosaur. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They're aquatic dinosaurs and they were thought to have died off about 65 million years ago, but there's thoughts that maybe somehow in this area they survived although during the ice age the entire Loch Ness was frozen solid so yeah although was it frozen really all 800 feet and and it's connected to all these other locks right but it is fresh water so it's not like she could have swum out to the sea because she's a fresh water creature creature right right so I don't know there are a lot of water creatures in legends around the locks According to one version of the legend, the water creature would lure small children into the water, offering them rides on its back. Once the children like a Kelpie, sorry. (laughs) Exactly. I'll get to that. Once the children were aboard, their hands would become stuck to the beast and they were dragged to a watery death, their livers washing ashore the following day. Yeah, that's a Kelpie. That's not a Loch Ness monster. Well, I guess it would be if it's in Loch Ness, it's a monster in Loch Ness. But anyway, it's a Kelpie. <laughs> yep, definitely. Uh, New Zealand University researchers set about cataloging the life forms. They weren't looking for Loch Ness. They just went there to catalog the different life forms that were in the area. Yeah. And they collected DNA from the loch to find out what sort of creatures lived there. Yeah. And they found a bunch of eel DNA. And so they think that perhaps it could have been eels that people are seeing. Um, DNA doesn't tell you the size of the creature. It just tells you what the creature is. So maybe it's giant eels that would stick, you know, those pictures would stick their head. Right. That is, you know, yeah. yeah. So it could be eels and there's plenty of DNA from the eels. Which is super interesting because I feel like eels are usually um, like ground uh, creatures. Like they, well, you know what I mean? Like they on the bottom of the the, lake or whatever mm -hmm, yeah 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 mm -hmm. Hmm. interesting i don't know uh one theory which doesn't hold much water for me uh, no pun intended (laughs) (laughs) um is that they were swimming circus elephants 
Okay. Oh yeah. That might explain one or two, but for 1500 years, I don't think there have been circus elephants for 1500 years, but anyway, uh, they say that elephants may have been allowed to swim in the lock while they were traveling uh, with their carnivals and all of that. Right. Um, So in um, urban fantasy, how could you use this? So what if it's a shape-shifting creature? Right. What if it's a curse? And there's one person from every generation that's bound to be this Loch Ness monster. That would suck. (laughs) Yeah. Wouldn't that be interesting? In the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Nessie is said to be a Kelpie mistaken for a monster. Yeah. And in Monsters, Inc., they said that Nessie was a monster banished from Monstropolis. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, lots of interesting stuff about the Loch Ness Monster. I think it's so fascinating that there have been so many sightings, you know, just in 2020 and in 2021. You know, 2020 would have been a a great year for it to just come out and just be like, you know what? This is the year. Here I am. Yeah, it's 2020. We would not have been surprised if she had shown herself and, you know, made it known. No, well, we got aliens, uh, so you know, there's there's that. I feel like Nessie would have would have it. That was her time to shine. Like, just come, just come on out. She's shy though. Well, you're right. You're <laughs> right. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> All right. Tell us about vampires. All right. I figured vampires would be a good topic because I did a brief history of werewolves, mm-hmm. um, which are used so many ways in urban fantasy and oh, so yeah. are vampires vampires yeah. are also very prevalent in urban fantasy you know what i want to see right now that's um it's the discovery of witches oh i've heard a lot about uh, that book series. yes i've heard it's too. very good um me too, but the I last can't... time i went to buy it it was like 13 dollars. so i was like i mm, i will wait for a while um and so i'll I probably buy it if it goes on sale i don't know what the channel is that the series is on and i don't know how good the series is compared to the books right it's called sundance um don't ask me why i know that i don't know yeah, why don't do you know. know that i don't know i don't know uh <laughs> but it's on sundance um okay i haven't seen it and i uh have not read the books but i've heard the books are very good um i don't know about the tv show either mm-hmm. so but Sundance in case you're interested. Um, so <laughs> vampires, I get that, that trait from you, by the way, uh, knowing random things, um, <laughs> that I shouldn't have it, any memory of. It I don't comes know. from being a writer. Writers know shit. That's we weird. drink and we know stuff. We, we drink and we know things. We know things. That's yes. it. Yes. Yes. Uh, so vampires, I got mm. all of this from history.com. It's a very general background of the origin of vampires, like where the idea of them came from. Um, I don't go into a lot of detail about uh, myths or anything like that, but I thought that this would be really interesting to cover uh, just because they do get used a lot in urban fantasy and knowing the origin of them is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. So Vampires are evil mythological beings who roam the world at night searching for people whose blood they feed upon. Uh, Just a very general description. Okay. Most people associate vampires with Count Dracula, the legendary blood-sucking subject of Bram Stoker's epic novel Dracula, which was published in 1897. Um, The history of vampires actually began long before that, though. 
so they typically drain their victims' blood using their sharp fangs, killing them and also turning them into vampires themselves. Um, in general, vampires hunt at night since sunlight weakens their powers. Uh, some also have the ability to morph into a bat or a wolf, which I honestly don't associate them with wolves. I do associate I them with bats. I never either. That's in, well, right. the Romulus and Remus, is that the, you know, the bat and the wolf that came from Yeah. The, yeah, I think you're the, right. Interesting. Um, huh. Vampires have super strength and often have a hypnotic sensual effect on their victims, which is something that we see all the time in urban fantasy novels, oh, yeah. sensual, especially like, I feel like it gets yeah. used in uh, paranormal romance all the time. Um, they can't see their image in a mirror and they cast no shadows, which the mirror one I knew the shadow one, I didn't actually, which I thought was really interesting because the mirrors I've, I've seen a lot of theories on why vampires couldn't see themselves in mirrors uh, one of which is uh, they used to make mirrors using silver. Um, oh, silver, fascinating. Right. And silver prevented them from being able to see their reflection. Same with the camera. It used yes. to be silver nitrate or whatever that they, that yes. was the film. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I so didn't that, know that. Right. And then I also didn't know that they didn't cast shadows, that that's a new, um, a new thing for me. I didn't, hmm. I didn't know about that. I didn't know that either. So obviously one of the most popular vampires that we know about is Vlad the Impaler. Right. Um, uh, written by uh, Bram Stoker. So it's thought that he named Count Dracula. Well, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, it's thought that Bram Stoker actually named his Dracula after Vlad Dracula, also known as Vlad the Impaler. Uh, Vlad Dracula was born in Transylvania, Romania, and he ruled Wallachia. Romania off and on from 1456 to 1462 which is an insane thing to me because like that's that's a year like 1450s like that's a that's an actual year it's just weird to me yeah um some historians describe Vlad as a just yet brutally cruel ruler who valiantly fought off the Ottoman Empire um he earned his nickname because his favorite way to kill his enemies was to impale them on a wooden stake yes so according to legend, Vlad Dracula enjoyed dining amidst his dying victims and dipped his bread into their blood, which Gross. is just the most disgusting. Like, that's not even like, sure, do it for the drama, but like to like actually taste it, it's just tastes like metal. Like it tastes like Why? copper. Right. Right. Also diseases. I mean, I'm sorry. Right. But like, <laughs> was he trying to promote this image of him as being feared? Yeah, I imagine, I imagine so. Uh, Those, you know, that story is also not confirmed. It's just one that's like a rumor or whatever. We have cannibals. We got serial killers who eat people. That is true. I do listen to murder podcasts. Yeah, uh, so maybe. True crime podcast, but Maybe he was really one of those that liked that. It's possible. But I mean, again, those tales are not confirmed. Um, Okay. Whether they're true or not, we don't know. We have no idea. But it is a story that's out there gross um many people believe that these stories sparked stoker's imagination to create count dracula who was also from transylvania sucked his victim's blood and could be killed by driving a stake through his heart um according to dracula expert elizabeth miller however stoker didn't base count dracula's life on vlad dracula nonetheless there are a lot of similars between the two of them so i kind of i'm like why what like what makes you think that they are not related yeah why does she have a reason as to why 
it didn't say in this article, um, but I'm I'm curious. Like I'm curious enough too. that I will probably go and look it up at some point and mm-hmm. maybe update you guys on it. Okay. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of similarities between the two, especially like they're both called Dracula. Like let's let's be real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, there's got to be some kind of connection there. But I'm also not a Dracula expert, so I cannot say for sure. Okay. Um, vampire superstition thrived in the middle ages, especially, um, because of the plague that decimated entire towns. So the disease often left behind bleeding mouth legions, legions, lesions yes. um, on its victims, which, you know, to the uneducated was a sure sign of vampirism. Um, it wasn't uncommon for anyone with an unfamiliar physical or emotional illness to be labeled a vampire. Uh, wow, many re- in, in the United States, it was witches. <laughs> I know, I know. Right? Well, and then like in France, it was werewolves, you know? So it's like- <laughs> Every country has their thing. Yeah. Um, it wasn't uncommon for anyone. Oh, wait, I just said that. Many researchers have pointed to porphyria, which is a blood disorder that can cause severe blisters on skin that's exposed to sunlight okay. as a disease that may have been linked to the vampire legend. Um, so some symptoms of porphyria can be temporarily relieved by ingesting blood, which I thought was so interesting. Like why? Yeah. I wonder if it's like an increased iron count or, uh, if you drink blood, like, do you, are you able to, you know, get more red blood cells or white blood cells or something? I don't know, but I mean, that just not, sounds like the weirdest thing. Yeah. That's very strange. It's not like an IV when you drink it, it goes into your body differently than, through right. an IV. Right. So like, what is it anyway? I figure it has to be like an iron count thing. Must or something. be. Must be. Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. Um, so other, other diseases blamed for promoting the vampire myth is, uh, includes rabies and goiter, which what's goiter fair enough. I, well, I don't know that one, but you know rabies, I, I do. <laughs> goiter, I think is the swelling of the thyroid gland, hmm. but what hmm. would that make you want to drink blood for? Unless it's an iron thing, maybe. Well, it might be a behavior related too, because uh, rabies is very behavior based. That's true. So it could be a behavior thing, but I didn't look it up. So um, I slacked there. Okay. Um, When a suspected vampire died, their bodies were often disinterred for, uh, to search for signs of um, vampirism. Uh, In some cases, a stake was thrust through the corpse's heart to make sure that they stayed dead. And other accounts describe the, decap- the decapitation and burning of the corpses of suspected vampires well into the 19th century. You know, how do you come up with that theory? How do you think, oh, if I put a stake through his heart, it's going to kill it for good. Or if I cut off its head, although a lot of monsters, if you cut off their head, I mean, that's supposed the, to be, right. Know. If they're going to die. Um, it's just interesting. And same with burning. But the stake through the heart is a really interesting one. Uh, and, and, you know, it could just be like, oh, well, we know the heart, like if the heart's beating, you're alive. So put a stake through the heart. It's not going to beat again. Interesting. So, I mean, potentially, um, I thought this was really interesting because I didn't know this, but Mercy Brown may rival count Dracula as the most notorious vampire. Have you heard of Mercy Brown? No, me neither. So I thought that, that was extremely interesting. I've never heard. I've never heard of that before. Who is she? So unlike Count Dracula, uh, Mercy was a real person. She lived in Exeter, Rhode Island, and was the daughter of George Brown, a a farmer. So like typical family. 
Okay. Um, after George lost many family members, including Mercy, in the late 1800s to tuberculosis, his community used Mercy. I see. His community used. I've read these notes. I don't know why I'm reading them as if it's the first time I've read them. <laughs> uh, his community used Mercy as a scapegoat to explain their deaths. It why? was coming. At- why did they pick her if his whole family died from it? Right. Yeah. Uh, it was common at that time to blame several deaths in one family on the undead, quote unquote. Um, the bodies Why was of each. She the undead one. Right. As opposed to like everyone else yeah, in his family. What about her, her older brother? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, the bodies of each dead family member were often exhumed in search for signs of vampirism. So what, here's where we get into it. What would be a it. sign of vampirism? Well, when Mercy's body was exhumed, it didn't display severe decay. However, we know now this is not surprising since her body was placed in an above ground vault during a New England winter. So the cold actually helped to preserve her body. Right. Um, the not town- to their minds, apparently. Right. Yeah. So the townspeople accused her of being a vampire um, and making her family sick from her icy grave, <laughs> which just sounds so dramatic. After she was dead, she's blamed. I know. The, the poor, poor woman. Girl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they cut out her heart burned it then fed the ashes t- <laughs> then fed the ashes to her sick brother yeah that's what? Yeah, you know that sounds pretty brutal did he die too you sure did yeah, um didn't. not surprisingly he died shortly thereafter <laughs> oh my lord and so that's really the origin of vampires and and you know it starts off with you know we think it's bram stoker but there have been things before he was even born Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, perpetuates the idea of vampires and where they come from. Um, and then just for a few examples of vampires in urban fantasy, which most of y'all probably do not need to be told, but uh, Mercy Thompson, the mm-hmm. Mercy Thompson series is a big one. Uh, Chicagoland Vampires, great series. Um, mm-hmm. I, really I haven't read it. that yet. I need to. It's really good. Uh, we have all the books somewhere, like physical copies. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cat and Bone series is very vampire-centric. Mm-hmm. She's half vampire. He is a vampire. Um, the Hollows series has vampires in it. And there's an interesting twist on them. Um, the Vampire Twilight. Diaries. Twilight. Uh, Underworld. You know, we could go Ooh, on. Underworld. Yeah. yeah. One. I like that one. Yeah. So vampires are pretty much everywhere. If you want to read about them, there are a million books out there uh, with them in it. Uh, a lot of them have a lot of unique twists on it. Um, I yeah, have Supernatural has them. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I have one in my Aiden story and the way that the magic works there is it makes it really interesting and unique. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of ways to use them in urban fantasy. They're, they aren't called vampires, but in my freaking fairies, there are, I, maybe I do call them vampires. I tw- in freaking fairies, I twist every um, monster that we think we know into something else, which makes it funny because you know we think of these things as certain things, and then in my book, so poor Beck, she goes, "Oh, okay, it's a vampire." You know, they do this, and in my book, they don't do that. They don't do that. <laughs> it's hilarious. So, you know. I, I think vampires are still usable. They, there is some allure about them. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say, you know, oh, it's been overdone. I mean, there are a lot. There are a lot. Yeah. But there is a way to twist it up. Yeah, 
I agree. I would agree with that. I use both a werewolf and a vampire in Aiden. Uh, and both of them are very different just because of the way my magic system is set up. So, mm-hmm. and you could even have vampires and call them something else as long as, you know, there, there are ways to twist them up there, yeah. you know, and you can have scientific reasons why they need whatever, you know, like they're, if, if you're going to have them sensitive to the sun, there could be a scientific reason for that. If you're going to have them drink blood, that kind of thing. Wasn't the passage like vampiric? Yes. Or am I thinking of, okay. I haven't yes. finished that book. I read half of it. I've I read it. the first two books of the oh, nice. passage. Nice. And then they started the series and I was really excited about it because I couldn't figure out how they were going to do it since I can't say anything because of anyway. Right. But they, I think they canceled it, which is a shame because I was hmm. very excited about it. Yeah. I need to finish the book. I need to go back and reread the first half and then finish the book. Very well-written book. It's one of those series that shows that the rules don't apply. Yeah. Very well done. Yeah. But I haven't gone all the way through to see if I like it through the end. Yeah. Right. But what I've read, the first two books are amazing and different yeah i'm really curious to finish them but i I was pretty sure that they were vampire ish in nature i mean but it had a scientific basis to it right yeah that's what made me think of it yeah yeah which i think in our world today we are more educated than um people in the past that didn't understand how science and all of that works and so to me some of the best horror movies and books are things that take actual science like fringe that series fringe yeah took actual fringe science that that stuff that's out there that's scary yeah because it really could have the i am i am legend movie is yeah right now with the pandemic and the vaccines which i mean we all need to be vaccinated i'm not saying don't get vaccinated <laughs> but right, right. but it's very um on point right now yeah yeah. And can scare people, and which is fun. I like to be scared. I love horror movies. I love horror books. I love Stephen King. Right. You know? Yeah. But yeah, was- interesting. So vampires, uh, I, I think I could have gone a lot more in depth. Um, you could do probably 10 episodes. I think so. Vampires. And maybe Absolutely. we'll do more on vampires. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, just just very, very interesting. I always enjoy going back to the beginning of why does this myth exist? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really what I wanted to do here was go back to, oh, well, where did it come from? Why are these here? Well, that's uh, what's and- so fascinating about the Loch Ness Monster is, okay, it was carved into stone back in 500 AD, but we've had three sightings in 2021. Yeah. How well, and I, I wonder how much of that is like, you know, uh, is biased because the myths are so pervasive. That's true. Like what, what was that episode we did where you make things real because you believe in it? Tulpas. Tulpas. That's it. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe the Loch Ness is now a tulpa. Yeah. Honestly. Cause we've all believed in her to the point of making her real. Right. Yeah. So super so, interesting. It is. Maybe vampires are real. Cause we all believe in them. They could be, could be real. Thank you all. We will see you next time. Happy.
February tomorrow. Yes. Ooh, is February for no February second's Groundhog Day, right? Sure is. Yes. Yes. Well, let's hope that it'll be spring soon. Although you can see my snow in the background, I I love the snow. I want more snow, but don't shoot me. Listen, it was seventy three degrees yesterday. I was looking at Georgia because we have Australia fans. I don't know if you call them fans, listeners. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I was like, you know. I wonder what the temperature is there. It's about the same as here. Yeah. Yep. How weird is that? Yep. So anyway, see you next time, you guys. Thanks for listening.